Welcome to the Reclaim Church Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. If you would like to find out more information about our church, you can visit our website at reclaimchurchtx.com. It's the fruit of having complete faith in Christ. And out of that complete faith in Christ that comes place. God has something special for you guys. So I'm excited to see this. I'm inspired by it. Uh, me and my family have been out here for about a year now, and that's all them. I take up a whole front row right here. So this is my tribe here, my four kids and my wife, Jessica. And I know what you guys are thinking. He's like, man, he has four kids, but he only looks like he's 18. I know, I get that. I get that a lot, but yes, they, they are my kids, okay? I, I can't deny the first one, she looks just like me. Um, I told her when your boyfriend comes home, I'm gonna tell him like, hey, imagine kissing this right here, right? Because she looks just like me. So I feel sorry for her boyfriend. But, uh, but anyways, uh, it's been a pleasure. We've been out here for about a year now. Uh, we were actually sent out from Restoration Life Church in Londell. Um, to plant a church out here. So this year we've kind of, you know, just, just kind of learned the land. We're getting uh, used to Texas. Uh, I, I built up my Texas pride now. So when I see that bumper sticker on cars where it says, don't California, my Texas, I get angry. Like, yeah, don't California, my Texas. You, you filthy Californians, no more. Now that I'm here, I can say that. So uh, it's awesome, it's a privilege. So thank you again for this uh, awesome opportunity. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and just get into it, if that's okay. I like getting straight to the point. Uh, this morning, we're going to start off in some prayer, if that's okay. Lord God, thank you, Father, for another day of life, Father. Such an awesome worship, God, just to be here and worship with our brothers and sisters, Father, in community, Lord God. We thank you for your awesome presence, Lord God, and for us to just be able to pour out our hearts to you, Lord God. We pray you open our hearts today, Father God, that you open our minds, God, and let us, let us just feel what you're trying to tell us, Lord God. Let us hear what you're trying to tell us, Lord God. Let us see what you're trying to show us this morning, Lord God. Don't let us leave the way we came in this morning, Father, but transform and more in love with you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen and amen. Awesome, guys. So um, I, have, I, have a, I have a couple introverted friends. Do we have any introverted people in the crowd? If you can raise your hand if you're introverted. But see, that's exactly what I expected because a true introvert would not raise their hands out in public. Right. But something they always ask is, well, well, how do you do public speaking? Right. Because with introverts, public speaking is like death to them. Right. It makes them sick to their stomach. And I guess I've, I've done one. I've done it a couple of times. So it's kind of not that that I don't get as nervous anymore. Right. But then another thing is for the past 18 years, I've been in sales. I've made a career out of sales. So on a daily basis, I'm talking to brand new people, talking to brand new faces. So, so talking to people isn't a big deal. Uh, I remember my, my first sales job, I was fresh out of high school, about 17 and a half, 18 years old, and I'm walking into this real estate office, and I sit down with the broker, it was kind of like an interview, and he asks me, well, well, how much do you want to make this year? I, I don't know, I'm 17, I never really had a job, right? So I'm thinking, I don't know, $5,000 for a 17-year-old, that's a lot of money, right? And he looks at me and he laughs, and I'm like, well, what are you laughing at? So I said, okay, well, 10,000, and he laughs harder. Right. And he goes, look, let me show you the potential in this business. So he starts pulling out checks. I see a check for five thousand. I see a check for ten thousand. And I said, well, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I want to make this year. He goes, no, dude, this is what they're making on a monthly basis. I said, well, well sign me up for that. I want that right there. Right. So his advice was this. He said, go out and do go out and study salespeople. 
He said, find the top producers and do exactly what they're doing. But also find the lower producer ones and don't do what they're doing. That's, that was pretty simple instructions, right? So, so I went out and I started studying salespeople. And, and something that I noticed in salespeople is that there's two types of salespeople. Okay, follow me on this. There's your passive salesperson and there's your active salesperson. Okay, and I'm going to distinguish both of them. Your passive salesperson, and this can apply to any field of employment. Your, your passive salesperson is that person that's supposed to start their job at 9 o'clock. They wake up late, they're in the office late, they're clocking in around 9.10, 9.15, right? You see them walking in, they still have the boogers in their eyes, right? It's because they're passive with their job. And when they clock in, guess what? They're not going to start their day without their coffee, right? So they go on a coffee break, right? And then as they're in their coffee room, they're talking about everybody, they're gossiping about everybody, they're just wasting everybody's time and their own time. And then when they look up, guess what time it is? Lunchtime, right? So they know it takes about two minutes to clock out. Lunch is at 12, so they got to be at the monitor by 11.58 because there's no way I'm missing lunch, right? So they clock out. They go ahead and use the whole hour, and what do they do since they're so passive? When they get back to the office an hour later, they have their lunch in hand. They didn't even eat their lunch during their lunch break, right? So they come into the office after lunch. They eat their lunch. They waste time again. Now when they're ready to go to work, they sit at their desk, and they're just passive with their time. They're, they're, they're waiting for the customer to come into the office, right? They're waiting for the phones to ring. They're waiting to be fed because they're just passive. And what happens when, by the grace of God, they finally get a customer, they, since there was no preparation in their passive time, they never learned their products. They never learned the details of the products. They never learned how to make their product attractive to sell the product. So when the customer finally comes in, what happens? They lose the customer, right? They make the product unattractive. They weren't able to learn how to communicate with the customer. Once they're done there and they lose their customer, guess what time it is? 4.58. It takes two minutes to clock out. So they rush out to the clock out monitor to clock out. And that's a passive person's day. Very, very unproductive. On the other hand, you have your active salespeople. And an active salesperson, it's the same job. They start at 9 o'clock, but guess what? They're in the office at 8.30. What are they doing? They're preparing for the day. I saw salespeople where they had daily motivational books for them where they had to read to get their mind right before they started their day. At 9 o'clock, they hit the ground running. They don't need coffee, right? They don't take a coffee break because they have a goal and a purpose in mind. That's an active salesperson. Now, guess what time it is? Lunchtime. Guess what? Active people don't take lunch breaks because that's a waste of time. They remain productive, right? They stay studying. They stay preparing for the lunch break. So they'll just run through lunch break. Lunch doesn't exist, right? So then instead of waiting for the phones to ring, instead of waiting for customers to come to them, guess what? They're active. They're searching. They're searching for customers. They're picking up the phones. They're setting appointments. They're calling customers because they're active. And what happened in their downtime, they, they, they prepare themselves. They learn their products. They learn the details of the product. They learn how to sell the product, right? They learn how to make their product attractive. They learn how to communicate with the customer. So when the customer does come in and they're ready to buy, guess what? It's an easy sell for them 
right? Because they've made it so attractive. They've made the product so attractive. They've made themselves so attractive that the customer's willing to pay whatever it takes, whatever price it costs, they want it, right? Five o'clock comes around, guess what? They have a customer at six. There's no time frame when it comes to an active salesperson. They're constantly being productive, right? And then at the end of the sales meeting, guess what? The, the, the passive salesperson's usually on the bottom of the production list at the end of the month. They don't get the big commission checks. They don't get the advantages of being a good salesperson. While the active salesperson at the end of the month, they're on your top 10%. They take advantage of the five $10,000 commission checks, right? They take advantage of the company outings because that's the fruit of them being active. So it's the same job, but as you can see, the active benefits more from that position. And, and as I'm studying both positions, you know, I can't help to see the similarities between an active and passive salesperson and an active and passive Christian. Can I, can I go there this morning? Is that okay? We're gonna open up our, our scriptures this morning. We're gonna read out of Matthew uh, 14, verses 22 through 29. And I'm reading out of the New Living Translation this morning. Matthew 14, 22 through 29. And pay attention to the scripture because I'm gonna be referring a lot to this passage. I love this passage actually. And it says, immediately after this, right? Keep in mind that before this, the, the disciples and Jesus had just fed the 5,000. You guys know the story about the 5,000? Five fishes, two loaves of bread. That just happened. So it says, immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once and said, don't be afraid. Look, Jesus, Jesus had a deep voice, okay? He, he was no punk, all right? Jesus had a deep voice. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. Then Peter called to him and said, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus, right? And, and we read this story and the focus of the story is like, my man just walked on water. Like he had his Air Force Juans on, his chanclas were on, and he's walking on water. Like that's pretty awesome, right? That's an awesome part of the story. Or, or when the story is preached, that's the focus is walking on the water. But I want to back up a little bit uh, and I want to focus on something else. See, when I read this story, I focus on the disciples' actions. Because when I see this story, I see that 11 disciples remained passive while one got active. So I raised this question. Why did 11 disciples choose to remain passive in such a moment as this? So I have a couple of beliefs on, on why they were passive. And, and if we're open this morning, I think maybe we can relate to, to some of these examples. Maybe we've missed 
some opportunities because we've decided to stay in the boat and remain passive in our walk with God. And I believe one of them, one of the reasons why they remained passive was because they were comfortable. They were comfortable in the boat. If you guys think about it, uh, most of the disciples, they were fishermen by trade. So their comfort zone was in this boat, right? That's where they were most comfortable. For us Christians, that comfort zone can be the church, right? We can, when we stay in the pews, that's, that's my comfort zone, right? I'm in church. In church, you know, we can lift our hands here as much as we want. We can sing. We can cry. We can speak in weird tongues, right? Speak about Jesus freely with our brothers and sisters. But when the opportunity presents itself outside the church, outside the pews, we become passive. For example, in church, we, we can pray like, like mighty warriors. We can, uh, 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 we can give the best spiritual advice, right? You, you see somebody give some spirit and you're like, man, that's, that's a prophet right there, right? They sound really good in church, but outside the boat, people don't even know we know Jesus. When the opportunity shows itself to reflect Christ, we deflect Christ and we reflect everything else but Christ. We can be leaders here. We can make great disciples here, but when we get home, totally different, right? And then if we have kids, we're sending mixed messages to our kids. I'm guilty, right? Look at your neighbor and tell them, quit being passive, bro. Quit being passive. Another, <laughs> some of you wives have elbowed your husband a little too hard there. All I heard was a, Another reason I believe that they remain passive is that they chose to follow the voice of their flesh as opposed to the voice of the spirit. Even after Jesus told them, don't be afraid, take courage, I'm here, come now, their flesh told them, remain on this boat, right? Even after a direct command from God, their flesh said, stay here. A lot of us here today, I believe and I know that, that God has already spoken to us. I believe he's already revealed to us where he wants us to be. I believe he's already revealed to us what he wants to do through us. He's equipped us to be kingdom builders and kingdom expanders, but, but we've chosen to stay in the boat and remain passive. Our flesh tells us to, man, just stay comfortable. Stay comfortable. Let someone else sacrifice. Let someone else give their time, their effort. Let someone else give up their finances, not you. Stay comfortable. Let someone else jump out the boat and drown, right? If you step out the boat, you're going to be humiliated, our flesh says, right? If you step out the boat, you're going to be rejected. Or what if you don't live up to a certain expectation that you have of yourself or someone has over you, right? That, that can be something the flesh tells us. What if you fall flat on your face? We let the voice of our flesh be more convincing than that of the voice of God. I believe another reason was they had fear. It was obviously they were, they were fearful. They feared the waves. And my question to you this morning is, what waves are you fearing in your life right now outside this boat that's causing you to remain passive? What waves are overwhelming you right now that are causing you to be passive? A lot of times we get caught in these self-inflicted ways. Can we agree that sometimes we make our own problems and situations, 
right? A lot of times we make our own waves and we're stuck there and we become passive because we make these destructive, these destructive waves, right? We can't handle the waves ourselves. A lot of times we try to handle waves on our own effort, on our own strength, right? The bigger the wave, the bigger the problem, the bigger the circumstance, the, the bigger the situation, the waves and problems can be, can be different. It can be family problems. It can be problems at work, health problems, financial problems, mental problems. But see, here's the thing that we weren't meant to stay on, in the boat and be passive in the middle of the storm. We were meant to be active and walk out on the water while the storm, while this life, this thing called life hits us with everything that it can. We were meant to step out the voice, focus on God, listen to the voice of God, and be active and walk on water. Joshua 1.9, awesome scripture says, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. God, that's an action. That's an action verse right there. Be strong, be courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord God is with you wherever you go. See, go requires activeness, right? Go doesn't mean stay right here. It means go. And God's with you no matter what. That's, that's activity. That's active there. The REACH network, which is the network we're all under, right? REACH, Reclaim, Restoration Life. It's built this culture based on activeness. Where if you stay in the pews, you might feel a little left out. And it's not on purpose. It's not by design. But it's because we've chosen as a network, as a, as a church community, to go after everything God has for us personally and as a church family and as a Christ community. There's nothing more that we hate more than to see a, a, a brother and sister isolated or divided by, and not reaching their full potential that we know Christ has given them as pastors, as life group leaders, as ministry leaders. Like, don't you hate when you see people not using their full potential, that you just see the anointing of God over them? We don't want to see anyone stay passive in the boat. Activeness, it's in our DNA, right? Our motto is reach, restore, release. It isn't reach, restore, chill, right? It's not, it's not reach, restore, sleep, reach, restore, hang out. It's, it's reach, restore, release. Go, active. What causes activeness? We saw Peter was the one that decided to, to get active in this situation here. James 1.22 says this. It says, don't just listen to God's word. Okay, he's basically saying, don't just listen. to God's word wasn't meant to be just head knowledge. Right? He was, God wasn't just meant for us to learn, and that's it. He says, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. That's, that's active, right, with God's word. That's being active. In other words, don't talk about it. Be about it. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. We're not fooling God. Right? God knows whether we're passive or active. We're not fooling anybody. We can look active here. God knows if you're active outside this boat. You're only fooling yourself. See, what baffles me is that the disciples, they, are, they, they had already been healing people with Jesus, right? In Jesus' name. They were delivering 
people from demons. They were healing the sick. They were healing diseases. And so they already knew what they were capable of with Jesus on their side. Peter had already seen what he can do in Jesus's name, but he didn't get comfortable with just that, right? He wanted everything Jesus had to offer him. He became more active. And as he experienced God more, it gave him even more activeness and he became more active. He never got comfortable or complacent. He didn't want to just keep hearing Jesus or hearing about Jesus. He wanted to experience everything of Jesus. He wanted to live Jesus. Every word Jesus spoke, Peter wanted to live that. What differentiates the passive from the active is that the active are always looking to go deeper with God. We're always looking for more ways to dive into deeper intimacy with God. They look for ways to be stretched by Jesus, to stay growing, to go deeper into intimacy and getting to know and building our relationship with Christ. Even if it means stepping out the boat and it costing our lives. Even if it means stepping out the pews and and it costing us everything. The active Christian is willing to die for Christ because we know to live is Christ, to die is gain. In this world, I have nothing to lose, but I have everything to gain. We know Jesus died for us, right? I think we can all come into agreement that we know Jesus died for our sins, right? But he didn't just want you to know that and stay passive. He wants you to live it out, to be active with that work, with knowing that, man, if he died for me and resurrected, he gave his life for me, I can surely give my life for him. Uh, James uh, chapter 2, just real quickly, 14 through 18. You got to listen to this. James chapter 2, 14 through 18 says this. It says, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions, by your activeness, by being active? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see your your, your brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say, goodbye, have a good day, stay warm and eat well. He's describing a, a passive Christian there. Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say, goodbye and have a good day, stay warm and eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? What good is it being passive? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Head knowledge isn't enough. Unless it produces good seed, unless there's action behind it. It is dead and useless. So unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Now, someone may argue some people have faith, others have good deeds, but I say How can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds, by my actions, through my activeness. Am I speaking to somebody this morning? I'm going to go ahead and get into my my closing, if that's okay. And just know that I'm not here to talk down on anyone. Trust me, I'm I'm preaching to myself first. I'm, I'm in the pews with you today, right? 
what's awesome about God is that he gives, he gives us the choice. The Holy Spirit's a gentleman. God's a gentleman. He'll never force you to, to be active, but he gives us the choice. You have the choice to stay in the boat. You have the choice to stay in the pews, right? Or, or choose to step out the boat. I think Jesus was, was, is probably okay with, with either or, maybe, right? Because I, I don't see Jesus, you know, when Peter, when he grabbed Peter out of the water, I didn't see Jesus go to the other disciples and be like, hey, how come you guys didn't step out? I don't read that part, right? He didn't say that. But what I do want to point out is this, is if you choose to be active, which we saw from Peter, and step out the boat, you experience more of Jesus, right? Can you guys agree that, that Peter probably experienced Jesus more than the disciples that, that remained passive? When he got active, he experienced Jesus more, right? I, I can walk on this water. The other guys weren't able to say that. And I don't know about you, but I want everything Jesus has for me. I want all of Jesus. I want to leave the tank empty, right? And maybe you're here today, and I'm going to have you guys, if you can just stand up, go ahead and just uh, close your eyes for me. Maybe you're here this morning and you feel a tugging of the Holy Spirit, just, just tugging you, it, just telling you, it, it's time to step out. It's time to get active. You know enough. Even if you don't, I'm with you. If you've never, and, and let's just start from square one. If you've never accepted Jesus into your life and you want this active lifestyle, something in you is burning for this type of active lifestyle, can you go ahead and, and just raise your hand for me if you're in this crowd? Go ahead and raise your hand for me. Anyone here, if Jesus is tugging in your heart, and just it's your, it's your first time, you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, just raise your hand for me this morning. See, I believe the moment Peter heard Jesus' voice in that boat, it reminded him who Jesus was. It reminded Peter who he was walking with. He was walking with the God of miracles. That triggered activeness in Peter. And maybe you're in that storm right now. Maybe those waves are, are hitting you again in different forms, uh, diseases, lack of finances, uh, abusive relationships, a broken marriage, consequences of your past that you just can't shake. Or maybe you're, you're in a wave of sin you can't swim out of. I want to remind you who you're walking with. I want to remind you who dwells in you. I want to remind you that you, you here, listening to my voice right now, this, is, this isn't by coincidence that I'm here. This isn't by coincidence that you can hear me and I'm speaking. This is, this is God here, a God-given moment. You carry the God of miracles with you. Maybe you crave activeness, but you don't know where to start. Can I tell you something? The perfect place to start is at this altar. It starts with the heart of worship. So take that action. Get out of your pews. Come meet Christ right here. Step out that boat. Step out the comfort zone. And just, can we go ahead and just pray and worship Christ this morning at this altar? Is that okay?
Lord God, we thank you, Father. We thank you, God, because, Lord, in our wretchedness, Lord God, you've called us here today, Lord God. And you've just, Father, we just pray for the, just wipe us clean today, Lord God. That, God, you give us a boldness, Father that you make us courageous, Lord God, to carry your gospel wherever it might lead us, Lord God, that you fill us up with your purpose, God, and not ours, Lord God, that you open up supernatural doors, Lord God, and lead us, Lord God, where every thought is your thought, Lord God, every word we speak, let it be your word, Lord God. We just pray, pray God, for complete surrender in this place, Lord Father. We pray, Father, that you give us thoughts, God. Give us ideas, Lord God, on how to be active and effective for you, Lord God, where we can spread the gospel effectively, Lord God, where we study you, God, and we become effective in communicating your, your, your plans, God, what you've done, Lord God, how you died for our sins, Lord God, and resurrected, Lord God, and defeated death, Lord God. Let us learn how to communicate that, Lord Father effectively, Lord God, to where through us, God, you're using us and we're seeing salvation, Father, where everywhere we go, if it's at work, God, if it's at the park, Lord God, we pray you use us, God, to build your kingdom, Lord Father, that you use us, God, to spread the kingdom, Lord Father, God. Place us, Father, where we can be most effective, Father God. Show us, God, how to just do you, Father, how to be obedient to you, Lord God, how to just want all of you, Father, where we make you priority in our lives, Lord God. We love you, Father. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.